You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Mandy Morrison. She's talking to me from Brooklyn. Mandy, thanks so much for being with me today. And thank you, Brainerd, for having me. So, Mandy, what's happening now in Brooklyn? We're talking on June 20th in 2021, so we're still uh, you know, pandemic-oriented. I don't know what the word is now. Um, what's, what's happening? What are you involved in at the moment? I imagine it's a number of things because um, you know, you've done so much. Yeah, um, yeah, got my hand in a lot of different pots right now. I, uh, uh, just when the whole lockdown thing happened, um, I responded to a call from an artist-in-residence at the International Studio and Curatorial Program in Brooklyn, and she had only been in the U.S. for, I think, two weeks, and her plans for gathering people physically and and moving on with the project just kind of went awry. So she put out a call for people to just work with her over Zoom, and I responded, uh, because my work is in video and performance, and it just sounded something that related to the way I work. And uh, we were we we met uh, over Zoom for uh, a year, and every couple of weeks, and mostly it was talking. Um, and there were some defectors. I mean, people kind of people some people who were kind of great just dropped out because their own lives and work. But I hung in there um, because I guess at the same time I was also getting ready for a show um, that happened at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and. And that show had was delayed because of the pandemic, but then we thought we would have a real like opening with real people in January, but then we couldn't. So, you know, there were all kinds of things like that that, that sort of drew me into this experience, which was uh, really helpful to just kind of have some kind of very dedicated social engagement with, on a creative project. And, uh, and then we finally met uh, a couple months ago, and started rehearsing live, and um, that's what I'm doing right now. We're we're rehearsing tonight, and then we're going to have this performance next week. So, um, so that's this is an, inter- this is an interesting kind of kind of pandemic process, right? I mean, so you're talking about this is yeah. throughout the pandemic. It's uh, you know, uh, like an unheard of way of having an open call or creating engagement and then working. So. So the both of you were talking, and, and she's developing this project, but for months, most of it was developed by talking, it's essentially, about the performance? Um, really not so much about the performance, but more about, we were, it was all women, and uh, we were talking about what, was, what we were dealing with in the pandemic, and then one of the women happened to be a, a physician working in a hospital, so we were hearing a lot about her experiences. And, um, and then we were talking about our professional lives and how we related to our families. And, and then there was a, we did little sort of writing exercises about women who are troublemakers in our families. And, you know, it was, it was a very, very organic. And, uh, and then eventually uh, Maya, Maya Becken, who's the artist, and she uh, lives in the Netherlands and she's from Slovenia, she started kind of refining what the focus would be of the project and we would all be a character and then we had sort of these little scripts and then, you know, we could sort of create something out of these little scripts. So, um, but, so it happened very slowly over time. 
It's just fascinating. And, I mean, of course, relates to, to your work. She's, um, you're, you're entering into that collaboration as a performer? As a performer, yeah. So let's talk about what you're working on. At the, I don't know if it was at the same time or what, what other projects you're working on. So what I'm working on, you know, separate from this, um, I had a residency that basically ended only a few months before the pandemic, and it was in Brazil, and uh, it was at the Sacatar Institute, which is in Bahia, Brazil, on a little island. And um, I was there for two months, and, you know, it was just this incredible, you know, just this sort of cultural immersion thing where, you know, I was invited to a lot of amazing things, um, got to talk to, uh, you know, people who had different kinds of spiritual practice and art practices and then uh, met this wonderful capoeira group who, you know, did this wonderful martial arts stuff that some of our artists got involved in. And and I, I found myself wanting to do something with the people there. So I, I managed to to shoot some stuff while I was there and I had a very loose idea of a, of a script or a story and basically I've been sitting on that <laughs> since I came back um, but I, I just got a grant uh, that's going to help me sort of go forward with some of the other what I call the other moving parts some of which would be animation and then getting a, you know, a narrator and, and a sound designer um, and the intention is to have this shown I think it will, it will likely get shown in Baltimore sometime in 2022. And then my hope is, because I always had been promised I could have some kind of showing or screening in Salvador um, when it's done. And, of course, because of the pandemic, everything of that nature is sort of on hold. But, you know, I believe it will happen when it's safe to do so. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So what would its final form be? Would it this be multi-channel projection, how does, it, how does it come together? Well, it's a narrative, a somewhat narrative, probably more narrative than my other work has tended to be. And um, I created this character. One of the things that went on when I was on this residency was it was, it was a big push to um, consider the environment we were in because we were on this, the, the residency is located on this bay called the Bay of All Saints. And... Um, it's an absolutely beautiful spot, although Salvador, which is this enormous city across the bay, there's an awful lot of garbage that just gets washed over from the city you know, onto our lovely beaches. And uh, one of the things that happened while I was there was we did some beach cleanups and we went to some talks about the environment and um, by local, you know, some local organizations. And then there was a, uh, you know, some discussion about what was going on with their coral reefs. So um, I sort of in create, sort of what I've been doing, and this was sort of fashioned in a very preliminary way when I was there, was this, this very kind of crude creation myth uh, where I could involve the people who worked there on the, at the residency and in parts, you know, in, the, in some of the townspeople um, to get them involved in kind of creating this creation myth um, where I had this sort of I called it the evil invader spirit, which was, I took all this stuff I collected from the beach, all the garbage, and I made this sort of outfit out of it, and kind of ugly looking thing. And then I did stuff with that character in different settings, and uh, the idea was the invader spirit was sort of attacking um, different places and people. And, um, and 
through more research I've done since then, uh, there's also a really wonderful research facility in Baltimore called IMET, and there's a lot of people working on things that have to do with sea life, trying to come up with you know solutions to you know the environment and pollution and all kinds of stuff. And I've been talking to some you know people who are dealing with how to take certain types of sea life and convert it into alternative fuels or building materials. And there's quite a lot going on with it. And so I'm, as I learn more, I'm weaving ideas of, of narrative into this story. But, you know, it's a very abstract sort of this creation myth that I've been, I've been fashioning, dare I say, a little crudely. But um, my hope is that over time it will make some sense. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a... I think it will make sense. It's, just, it's going to be a single channel piece. I don't see it as a multiple channel piece. And uh, I did a lot of, you know, I used some children. Um, used, I mean, used, some children were participating, and I'm going to put their faces in there as sort of winged beings, maybe angelic spirits of some type. Um, and the idea is to um, bring this sort of different kind of slimes and kelp and different types of sea life into some sort of spiritual, you know, component that, that uh, drives the evil spirit away. I mean, it, it does, it's, it's one of those things that right now, as I'm muddling through it, it feels a little crude, but I think once I work through it, as I'm, I always feel like I'm, I, I, the ideas really resolve themselves when I'm actually working as opposed to when I'm, talking about working so but that's what I, that's right. where I'm headed with it so let's uh, talk a little bit about the creation myth because you're I mean that's that's a it's it's kind of that's one of that's a thread that's kind of running through this correct mm-hmm. yes 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 which is yes. which is kind of I mean I mean dear to you and comes out in different ways and like you're saying it'll uh, the audience will receive that in different ways but um what is it, what does that mean to you? How do how do you want that to be received ideally? Well, one of the, the sites that we visited when we were there was this um, Catholic monastery. It had been a Catholic monastery, and it had been abandoned maybe a little over a century ago, and it had been completely taken over by nature, by trees and roots and plants. And um, so I shot some stuff there. I thought it was a wonderful metaphor because we, you know, we make these structures and we think that they are so impermeable and yet, in fact, they will succumb to the forces of nature eventually. They will succumb to things that are bigger than that, maybe the darker forces that put them there in the first place. So um, how I want it to be received is, you know, my hope is it will really speak to the people, people that actually live in that environment but also speak to people here, you know, like in the United States, I mean, one of the things that was so fascinating to me about um, Baltimore, you know, Salvador versus Baltimore, and Baltimore, I've only lived there a few years, but uh, they were both major, you know, um, slaving places where a lot of, you know, ships, you know, dumped slaves off and also transported goods all around the globe. And um, so there's a lot of connectivity there. you know, but the culture, like the way the Portuguese settled Brazil is quite different from, say, the way the British settled the United States. And, you know, so there's, there's these extreme 
links and likenesses, but yet also enormous differences. But my hope is I can sort of find a way to weave these, all this, you know, this what I call these these strands in such a way that uh, other, you know, all kinds of people will be able to relate to it. Hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to make it funny too, somewhat. Well, that's good. I think I think humor is a great release to get that to get that into it. It's, I mean, because this is both. It's it's unusual to see humor in things of uh, that have an activist component, right? If, if yeah. that's fair to say. Yeah, so and like someone I think was great at it. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, go on. Somebody you think somebody was great was, at it. What was that? Was mixing was, humor was Charlie, and activism? Was uh, I thought Charlie Chaplin was amazing in how he could talk about you know his work is all silent work, but. He talked about really interesting things that were happening in the culture, but he did it. Mm. It was so funny and it was so poignant. And he was never um, judgmental. I never felt it was being judgmental. It was really, it was like having a perspective about what was happening in a very, that was humorous. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, I guess a lot of humor does come from also points of, of pain to some degree. Some of it, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, that's fascinating, and so so that's a lot. That's that, and what will that will eventually be screened in a, in a gallery, or where do you think that will travel to or be screened? Well, initially, it will be shown at the Peel Center, um, which is a sort of quasi. It's a it's a space uh, that's been kind of been reconfigured only in the last few years. It was I think it was the first like real museum in the United States, and um, back in the 1700s, and then it became all these other things. It was briefly a, um, a, a school for African-American children in the 18th and, you know, 19th and 20th century, and then, and then it had, went for a period of just being completely abandoned, and it's been, actually been revitalized in the last few years, um, and is now a place of where they show art and they do storytelling, and they do um, little, you know, perf- all kinds of performances there. Different kinds of artists, different kinds of art collectives. It's a lot of different things. It's not any one thing. And uh, I thought that would be a great place to have an initial uh, screening slash exhibition of it. And then my, I want it to go back, go to Brazil as well. So that's going to take a little more doing, just because things are not so open there yet, you know, for obvious right, reasons. So yeah, that'll take a little more right. doing, but yeah. So that's what you'll be doing um, over the yeah, next but, several months. It'll, it'll it'll be that, or is there yeah? Was there something else you yeah. wanted to mention? Well, I'm yeah. That I'm going to be working on, and then um, I'm part of a art collective called Pete and Repeat, and we're doing something at this co- place called the Tashimu uh, Spring Building in West. It's called Vineyard Haven, and Martha's Vineyard, and that'll be in early September. And uh, that's a really uh, interesting space because it's not, it's a place where they, there are art things that get shown there, but they do other things as well. And um, this collective of artists, some, of, some people are doing performances. Uh, there are going to be some, maybe one or two painters. I'm going to make something that kind of works with the space that's going to be probably a video uh, with some little, you know, kind of, it's a very because the walls are very textured. There's a lot of exposed bricks, so I sort of want to work with that and try to have 
sort of little little sort of animations kind of popping out from from the back, you know, from the sort of matted um, textured brick. And that sounds interesting. So tell me a little bit about this this group, Pete and Repeat. Is the collective Pete and Repeat? Yeah, it's a collective. It's just it's again, I think something that's kind of sprung um, out of the pandemic. Uh, Katerina Verde um, has initiated this, and uh, I'm you know I've sort of part of it. It's in its it's it's in its infancy. And uh, it's, you know, the idea is to sort of try to give artists some exposure by selling their, you know, prints of their work and then possibly, you know, do things as a group when, it, when we can find a way or a space to, to show in a place that's very unconventional. Um, and I think this is one of those places. So, you know, the, this opportunity sort of appeared and I said, sure, I'll do that. And I think it's, for me... Um, sometimes I'll have an idea in my head that I don't quite know where this, like I, I shot this, these stills of this extraordinary raggedy kind of covered fence. It was covered in that raggedy plastic stuff that Ikea uses for their bags, except this stuff was like mm-hmm. really distressed. And I just thought a lot about, well, I'd love to do something with that. I don't know what. But I think this something like this kind of space it lends itself to that that feel and then putting little things in there, I, you know, it, it, it's sort of like working with something that's already exists that's not a pristine, you know, neutral white wall. It's something that's kind of got a lot of history and, and uh, you know, isn't so defined as a specific art space. I like that. So the collective is, is both exhibiting and you're, you're selling collectively too. You were talking about artist prints. Yeah, I think the prints, at this point, it, it, I think the idea is that um, certain, you know, some of the artists in the collective are photographers. Uh, I think there's going to be, I'm not sure about painters or not. I My work is video, but, you know, I've shot, I, I also shoot stills. Uh, and as I understand it, and I could, you know, forward you the information, it's, um, it's, it's a collective of, of um online, you know, showing work, and then also possibly selling some of that work. Additioning, uh, additioning prints and artist books and, and, and photographs and kind of small run uh, ephemera. Yeah, small run things. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like, a, like a series of postcards or a series of prints or yeah, things like that, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's such a pleasure talking to you about all of this. I, I want to ask you one more question, which is what are you reading at the moment? I'm reading a book called Underland by Robert McFarlane. And he's an extraordinary writer. Uh, he writes about the underground in terms of um, ancient burial sites and ancient and taverns that get explored by you know, cavers and, and divers. And he writes a lot about the geology of, of what's beneath us. Um, and he does it in a way I've just never read anything like it. It's just, um, it's very poetic, but he actually goes with, with guides into these underworlds, one of which was in Paris. And uh, I think what I like about it is 
you know, a lot of my more recent work has referenced what's above ground and architecture and, and different kinds of spaces and the way people are either included or marginalized by those spaces. And, um, and this is a, it's like the underside of, of urban space and, and what we think of as, as the outside. And uh, so I'm enjoying the book a great deal. It sounds just fascinating. Uh, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I can't wait to see for it to um, come to fruition, and I, I wish you the best with that. And, and again, thanks so much for, for your time. Well, thank you, Brader. I really enjoyed talking to you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.